The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. This way, fellas. Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. Howdy, Toddy Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm Chuck. He's Yancey Porter. Uh... Yancey, big week for you. Uh, yeah. Of course, this is the second signing period, yeah. Wednesday, and most of the kids have already signed, but there's four, five, six, eight guys out there right. that, are, you know, are important to any signing class, particularly this one from Matt Luke and his staff. Yeah, they signed 25, Chuck, in February. They had room for seven. They would like to keep two or three in their pocket. Now this transfer portal is so large now that you don't have to – get permission, get released from your scholarship. You can just now, boom, you just sign up and, and you're on scholarship wherever you want to go. So, But they've got eight guys that are on the list. They'll probably sign four or five, that's the hopes, and then save two or three for those transfers. What, what's your opinion of that transfer portal and the ease of being able to transfer now? Or it seems like more ease. Well, I think it's perfect right now because before, I don't think it was right to get the school's permission to be released before you went on scholarship. You still have to sit out a year, Chuck, right. and that's okay. where it's fair, you know. Before they could hold if they were they were going to pay your scholarship the first year when you transferred. Now you know you get to automatically but, go get your scholarship. But Yancey, the guys that transferred out of Ole Miss last year, of course, that was the NCAA. They got, they got a waiver, which yeah. is in the you know. It seems like they're granting those more liberally as well. And and they are, but you know, a lot now with the graduate uh, transfers are automatically eligible, immediately eligible, uh, so to speak. In and you see these colleges are now speeding up people graduating now in three years, so you can technically have a lot of grad transfers that have two years of eligibility left. So it gives them some some room also, and it gives the, the flexibility to the colleges to be able to adjust that 85 number. All right, What's on Tap? Brought to you by the Library Sports Bar, home of Monday Night Football, and anything you want to watch sports-wise on the huge screens at at the Sport Library Sports Bar, Oxford's most popular watering hole on the square, 120 South 11th. Never mind, you know where the library is. Everybody knows where the library is. We're going to have Kermit Davis Jr. on at 6.15 for a short segment. And then Yancey and David are going to talk recruiting. Uh, David Johnson, as we head into the finish line in this second signing period Wednesday, 
And we've got a little special guest coming up right after this first break, but we'll let that uh, Yancey pop that when the time comes. Um, Yancey, uh, I'm reading yours and David's stuff, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're going to get into this in more detail at 630, but uh, the optimism's okay. Not We're not going to sweep the, the table of those that we're after, but we're going to get our share, it looks like. Yeah, you know, if they could just split it right down the middle, there's eight on the board. If they could get four, I think they'd feel really good. And then plus the one that is firmly committed there in Brandon Max, so that would be a total of five signees. Yeah, and, uh, again, we'll talk names at the bottom of the hour at 6.30. Uh, basketball's been taking it on the chin here lately. Uh, we're going <sighs> to get to talk to Kermit about that in a few minutes. And uh, baseball had three inter-squads over the weekend Looked like the pitching was real good this weekend, according to Mike Bianco. Uh, Greg Kessinger hurt his ankle, but hopefully be back for the opening day. If not, Anthony Servideo will take over. Chase Cockrell's been tearing the cover off the ball. Tim Elko's making a move in right field. Elko, Thomas Dillard, Cockrell, and Kessinger all went yard over the weekend. So the bats are heating up, but the pitching's also Cockwell's doing well. Cockwell's went almost 450 feet. Yeah. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, buy a new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny emoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. <laughs> get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire. For every moment. C Spire. Customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership or farming your own land a reality. Visit FirstSouthland.com. Equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, 
back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Oh, good job there, Rhino. Little Stevie Ray Vaughan. Don't miss out on the latest deal from Ceasefire. Buy a smart, top smartphone on Ceasefire Nationwide LTE Network and get one free. That's right. Buy one of the top smartphones and get a second one free from Ceasefire. Only available for a limited time. Ceasefire, customer inspired. I'm going to turn this show over now, Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline, to Mr. Yancey Porter. He's got a special guest. Talk about it, Yancey. Yeah, Chuck, I went down to Jackson Prep last week before I spoke at the Rebel Club down there and um, was talking to Coach Black and Ricky Black there, the head coach at Jackson Prep, and he said, I uh, was talking to him about a defender named Adam Norsworthy that played defensive line and moved the linebacker. Um, you know, he took an official visit to Ole Miss the weekend before last, and he said that's the one guy that we couldn't afford an injury this year, and he got hurt. But he's going to be fine. You know, he had he even came back later in the year. He went all the way back, so they decided to let him rest through the playoffs there. But uh, I think um, I think things are looking good with Ole Miss right now. Adam, or we got you on the line. Yes, sir. Yeah, Adam. First of all, just just talk about your official visit at Ole Miss and what you had relayed to me about Coach Summerall. Uh, really uh, relating to you about uh, guys that come from your background. Just give us a little bit of background about that conversation. Uh, yes, sir. I actually had a great time on my official visit. I, uh, I felt like I was treated just like everyone else that was there. And uh, Me and Coach Dumbo had never actually met in person until I got to Oxford, and I feel like we hit it off immediately. I mean, as soon as I walked in the door, he was the first one that jumped up in my face. Gave me a big hug, asked what was going on. But, uh, yeah, Coach Summerall has come from a background of coaching linebackers that weren't the biggest guys on the field and the fastest guys on the field. But he just turns them in to not only good athletes, but freshman All-Americans and future NFL players. And I just feel like he could do great things for me in the future at middle linebacker. Now, Adam grew up in a in a big Mississippi State family down there in Jackson, and and found out during recruiting, you know, sometimes you got to put away, you know, the 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 blinders you have on as as a kid growing up and rooting for a school, and and kind of get into who needs you the most, who wants you the most, who believes you in the most, and as it ironically has kind of come down, or it has come down to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, you know, to where he's going to attend college next year to play and, and kind of tell us, you know, you were explaining to me about putting away the fanship, so to speak, in your recruitment and, and just that process that, that is detailed. Yes, sir. Well, it was, it's certainly difficult growing up as a Mississippi State kid and I've, I've been to all the games since I was young, but when it came around to when I started getting recruited by those schools, I had to basically set my past aside and, really focus on what school offered me not only the best option athletically but academically and where I would be the most happy. And I feel like I have a great opportunity to be a good athlete at Ole Miss and a good student at Ole Miss. And I just feel like I'm treated as family. I think that's really big with how Coach Luke runs his program up there. But, uh, but yeah, Ole Miss is just a family community. I, I loved it. 
What what is Ole Miss envision you playing? You played on the D line, linebacker. What your size right now is about six two two forty? Is that right? I'm at six foot two twenty, yes, sir. Now, does Ole Miss plan on putting you there at linebacker? Oh yeah, for sure. I uh, I played defensive line at prep because I was one of the biggest guys on the field coming from the the league that we play in, but. I had to make the decision to play in the position that best benefited our team, and whether that be a defensive line or linebacker, I was going to do it. And it ultimately came down to playing defensive tackle and defensive end. And I don't, I don't take back any of that because I, uh, I certainly pride myself in being a team player and leading in whatever position I am at on the field. Now, Adam, uh, on a side note, I know a lot of people were curious about your relationship with Jerry and Ely. It's a unique one. Um, Talk about your teammate and good friend. As as you said, you don't call him a, a friend; you call him a brother. Kind of explain your relationship with him and, and, and give us the background history with you and Jerrion. Well, me and Ely grew up playing baseball together when we were about seven, eight years old, and uh, we really were best friends starting as soon as the day we met. I mean, it was every weekend we were spending the night playing baseball games on the weekend. But um, when it came down, we were in the seventh grade, actually. And we had discussed playing on the same or going to the same school and playing on the same football team. And uh, we sat down and we talked, me and him, and that was our dream at the time was to play in high school and then to ultimately try to play in college together. And uh, Ely made the decision to move to prep, and uh, he moved in with me because his mom lives in, um, in Carthage, Mississippi, and his dad was working offshore at the time. So we didn't have a really good option to stay close to prep so we I mean we took him in and uh like you said I don't I don't see Ely as my best friend anymore I see him as my brother and uh like I said we always dreamed about playing in college together but ultimately when it comes down to Wednesday I'm finding day whether we sign at the same school or he goes somewhere different I want him to make the decision that best benefits him and makes him the most happy well, my man, we really, really appreciate you uh, coming on our show. There's been many great uh, legends from Jackson Prep, including my good buddy, Todd Wade. So uh, it's good to have another Jackson Prep uh, youngster coming up here to Ole Miss, and, and we'll be seeing you very soon. Yes, sir. Thank Adam, you very much, Adam. All right. Adam Norsworthy uh, going to come to Ole Miss um, next season as uh Linebacker, and certainly we need help at linebacker. Sounds like, you know, he hadn't played a lot of linebacker, but uh, hey, John Summerall's a good developer of talent. He can mold this young man. Uh, Big old boy. He's 620 right now because of that injury, not being able to work out, but he was playing at 240 as a junior. And if you go and look at his huddle, uh, I mean, this kid's a, a player in his own right. They're doing a great job uh, getting all kind of players here um, that maybe don't count towards that 85 real articulate young man as yeah, well so yeah, yeah. never hurt he goes have, to jackson prep what do you have, what do you have think? some good good brains coming in here as well that doesn't <laughs> yeah. never that never hurts all right we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the cannon motor mississippi rebel yell hotline hang tight Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. 
Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland to test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the Seaspire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny memoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. <laughs> get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and Seaspire for every moment. Seaspire, customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. Avanakins Diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. Avanakins Mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love. But most of all, say it with a Van Ackes diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Ackes Jewelers, store at downtown New Albany or vanackens.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We're very pleased right now to have the old Miss head men's basketball coach. Yes, sir. First year coach, Mr. Kermit Davis, Jr., uh, as we like to call him here at the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel <laughs> Yell co-host. Hotline. Our co-host. What's up, Kermit? How you doing? Well, and can we pull this losing streak? I may be your permanent co-host here for long. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but hey, through the good and bad, you're gonna be our co-host. Don't you worry. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. Every every season has peaks and valleys, and right now you're in a little valley, and you're climbing out of it. You'll peak pretty soon, but. Uh, a couple of tough losses this last week. A one possession game that went into overtime at Florida and then Mississippi State at home, where we kind of got roughed up on the boards by a bigger Bulldog team. Yeah, you know, uh, I was really proud of our team at Florida. Now, we, we we played well. Florida might, you know, said that was one of the best games they've played all year. They were desperate and played good and were up three. I thought our guys showed a lot of poise and did a lot of really, really good things in that game. The two hardest shots that Florida made all night were the last two. A little scoop shot, which was like a horse shot. You know, it was unbelievable. Then, obviously, Kevin Allen, he was 0 for 6 and made about a 25-footer. Guarded closely, and that's basketball. And then, um, you know, Mississippi State were up 7. Kind of similar to how we beat State at their place. We were up 7 in the second half and came back. And we came back and tied it. And Devontae had a, you know, a layup to 
tie it. Bruce had a two-footer to tie it. You know, just one of those deals. And, you know, it was a great environment. God, our fans are, are unbelievable. I'm so impressed, guys. I'm telling you now, it's just that that place, we had, we had about five recruits in. I mean, top recruits for us in all classes. And they were blown away by the atmosphere and the Ole Miss spirit in that building. Coach, uh, after Saturday's game, you you were very direct in your analysis on the radio. Uh, I'm not going to rehash everything you said, but one thing I would like to touch on is the phrase, we have a small margin for error. I- explain that to, to people, to our listeners, what, what you mean by that. Yeah, and, I, and trust me, I'm, I'm not a guy. They'll get to know me a little bit better as it goes. I'm pretty, I'm pretty honest with everything, all the assessment like fans need to know and uh, you know, obviously, at the end result, I'm totally responsible. But we, but the margin of error is that our depth, our inside guys, Dom and Bruce. I mean, they we don't really have any rim protection. We start looking at these other athletic guys that start rolling in here, and just shots that are changed at the rim. We already have that. Our depth in the backcourt. I mean, you know, and, and let's be honest. I mean, ever since Mississippi State, when Devontae got nicked up, and we thought he'd get healthy, and he nicked himself up. I mean, Devontae's wearing a boot, and he didn't practice, and he tries to play in games. And so it's just sort of a little bit there. So we're just, I mean, that's what I mean. We don't have a lot of depth, and, you know, we, we, we can't go out there and pitch a bad one out there. And really, we, 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 we played. You know, I watched the tape. They a little harder than I thought against Mississippi State. They just, their size just got us on the boards. And like we said, man, I mean, when you're, when you're five man, uh, both of them don't get a defensive rebound in 40 minutes. That's hard. Yeah, it is. No question about it. Hey, coach, uh, is this is this lack of depth made you have to adjust the way you attack things in practice uh, and between games to keep these basically seven guys fresh for the games? I mean, how, that's got to be a fine line for you. Yeah, because you know this is a fine line. It's a good point. This is a fine line that all coaches uh, come you know come to this part of the season. Uh, we got whipped on the boards. Uh, I was coaching effort early in the game. And really, parts of the first and second half were better. So, you know, how do you get better? I mean, should we, should we watched an hour of tape this morning, 7 a.m. We came back. We had a physical practice. Rebounding drills, two-on-two rebounding, three-on-three rebounding. And, you know, that was the most physical practice we've had a long time. And, you know, Devontae really doesn't practice. Brian's got his shoulder a little nicked up, so he's in and out. And so it is. It's a fine line of trying to instill some of the things that you know you're going to need in these next 10 games to, you know, to try to improve our team. Coach, let's let's talk briefly about rebounding. Is it technique? Is it ability? Is it instincts? Is it effort? What 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 is rebounding to you? Recruiting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's the first time I've heard that. You know, I was I was sitting there, I was working for Tim Floyd, Coach Haskins, and flow up from El Paso, and and God, you know, he was I just love Coach Haskins, and and I'm sitting there, and and they were talking Larry Larry Stacy's on the staff, and Larry's talking about blocking out and all the drills, and he goes, Tim, he goes, tell him how we were, tell him how we rebound in El, in El Paso. He goes, we recruit rebounders. He said, you got that right, Coach. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, so, but with that being said, there is. It, it's a toughness. Toughness is such a talent. And the other night, we just wouldn't pursue the ball. 
And, I mean, there were some guys, some big, big plays in the second half, and we could have just secured the ball and, and gone down. And, and, and they got a three-point play or got an extra possession, got fouled. So, but, you know, we go to Florida, guys, and we win the rebound about 15 or 14. Yep. So, you know, it's just some nights that emotion both ways, it, it's amazing how it plays into those, you know, different games, game by game. Coach, no disrespect to Conference USA, but I'm sure part of the reason you came to Ole Miss to get in the SEC and go through this grind, this is the first time, you know, in a long time, I guess, since you were at LSU as an assistant that you've gone through this kind of grind. What do you learn about yourself now going through it and the team and maybe any adjustments in recruitment uh, in your recruiting having gone through it now? No, no adjustments. You know, just I'm just obviously impressed by the league. But I was impressed before I got in the league. And, uh, you know, you get a new program, guys, and, and you are picked where we were picked. And you're playing in the league. It's, it's the best it's in, the, in the history of the league. You're going to have some, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we this is my point right here. What if Kayvon Allen shot is an inch short? What if Devontae makes his layup or Bruce makes a layup and we win the game in Mississippi State kind of like we won? We win the game Saturday. We're sitting here 16-5 and five and 6-2, and two, and just everybody in basketball is talking about the Ole Miss Rebels. So, you know, so it's just it's such a fine line. I, I'm proud mm-hmm. of our team. We get the one thing about our league, you know, I mean, our net is still 39, and there's some tough challenges, but there's some unbelievable opportunities out there over the next 10 games. So we're right dead in the middle of it. And if somebody could have told us the day I was announced the coach, hey, guys, with 10 games to go and your net's 39, and you played the most Quadrant 1 games of anybody in the SEC, you've been ranked a couple weeks, and if the tournament was today, you're in, would you take that? With 10 games to go, we'd say yes, and we wouldn't, we'd just say sack the balls up. We'll, we'll take it. <laughs> and we will, I agree. And we, we will fight like heck from here. Now, there's a lot of teams that will play their way in. There's some teams that will play their way out. But we've got this great opportunity ahead of us, and that's what we got to focus on and keep our team right. And it's going to be tough. I mean, I look at the A&M team. I mean, gosh, somebody, they're talented as all get out. We start watching them, you mm-hmm. know. And so it's, it's going to be another battle on Wednesday night. Coach, thank you so much for your time. you got Texas A&M Wednesday in the pavilion at 6 o'clock. And then Georgia Saturday in Athens at noon Central Time. Uh, two big games, two winnable games, but they're going to be tough, as you said. And uh, our fans will show up Wednesday again. Be a great crowd there, and good luck to you. Thank you, guys, and I appreciate it. Always great to be with you. Y'all have a great week. Thank you, Thank co-host. You, co-host Kermit Thank you, Davis. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Rebel Flashback brought to you by Abner's Famous Chicken Tenders with location in Oxford. That's the original University Avenue off the square. Tupelo, Memphis, and Brandon. I see where the Pats and Tom Brady won the Super Bowl for the sixth time in his career. I don't watch pro football. But if not for Ole Miss product Eli Manning, it would be eight. Manning took two from Brady in Super Bowl 42, 17-14, and again in Super Bowl 46, 21-17. In both games, Manning led last-minute drives to take late leads, and the G-Men's defense shut down Brady on his last-ditch attempts to get miracle wins. The cool thing about both of Manning's Super Bowl wins and MVP efforts is that the Giants came from the wild-card game both times. 
beating Tampa, Dallas, and Green Bay all on the road in Super Bowl 42 before defeating the undefeated Pats in the big game. And in 46, beating Atlanta, Green Bay, and the 49ers in overtime from the wild card game the second time. Both games, the Giants were underdogs, but Eli was not phased as he led his team to victory over the greatest dynasty in NFL history. Just think, if not for old Mrs. Eli Manning, Tom Brady would have eight rings. He's already considered the greatest of all time, and it's deservedly so. It, uh, to, to be the greatest, you have to have the most wins, and he does. But Manning beat him both times he faced him on football's football's biggest, biggest stage. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Abner's Famous Chicken Tenders. Yancey, we've got like two minutes before the break. What is your opinion of the Texas A&M game? Big, but let me add one little more note about the Manning. Cooper Manning has a son in seventh grade, and I've been watching that kid throw the football in the IPS as he's about five years old, and this kick is slinging the rot. So another Manning might be on the way. (laughs) Is he seventh grade or eighth grade? Well, I thought I think he's he's going going into into eighth grade. Into the eighth. That's what I thought. March. Coop, I'm sorry. If I, th- if I said he was in the wrong wrong grade there, but uh, he's he's a good one. You know, Coop was the best athlete out of the three of them. No yeah. question. That just... Arch. This one's name is Arch. That's right. Now That's I remember right. when Arch was kind of small. I guess he was about in third or fourth grade. I asked Cooper. I said, I said, well, Coop, what about his speed? Or is he like Eli <laughs> and Peyton, as slow as a sundial? He said, no, no. this kid can run. Yeah, he's I got said, Coop's athletic. Said like his, like Coop and his granddaddy Archie. So Arch Manning, <laughs> but uh, as far as A and M, like like Coach said, I mean they're super talented. They, you know, honestly, they probably got more talent than Ole Miss, um, but they hadn't quite figured it out uh, this season. But you see them getting better and better, especially when they won that Bama game there at Bama. We know how good Bama is, yeah, and they're playing home. a lot better and. You know, kind of catching them at their own time. And it's going to be important for the Ole Miss fan base to show up and be loud. I think that really could get them over the hump and get this going back in the right direction. All right, 6 o'clock at the Pavilion. Wednesday, be there. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yaw Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Welcome back to Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We're now very pleased to have uh, uh, Mr. David Johnson from the Old Miss Spirit 247 Network, uh, who he and Yancey double team recruiting and give more information about recruiting than anywhere for Old Miss recruiting. Uh, David, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Man, great. Doing good. 
Good. I know that uh, you're glad that Wednesday's almost here because you mm-hmm. guys uh, work your butts off <laughs> calling recruits. Yeah. And I'm so glad you do because I don't want to and I'm not going to. <laughs> David's been feeding on those 2020 kids, I mean, nonstop. And, and, David, you can attest to it, too. You know, people's like, oh, I guess your job's going to get easy now. Really? After signing day, that first month or two are the, some of the busiest times because you're building the next class. Well, everything everything's accelerated now that you have this December early signing period. It's not only accelerated, but but it's kind of extended. I mean, really, we're in a signing day mode from you know December one now all the way through February, and and you know there are a lot of things taking place and. Uh, you know, and you're exactly right. I mean, as soon as the sun rises Thursday morning, it's all about this 2020 class. And, uh, you know, and, and things are shorter. You have a shorter run-up because of the December early signing period. So you're thinking, okay, you're talking about 2020s in February, but look, these guys are 10 months away from signing papers. So it's uh, it has really accelerated everything. What's, what is you guys, uh, uh, both of y'all, opinion of the early signing period now that it's been going on for what this is the second year you like it pro con and not from a journalism standpoint or a reporting standpoint but just from a a developing a roster standpoint I love it. I love it from from developing a roster standpoint because you know you you know sooner what you, you know uh, pretty much you know seventy five eighty percent of what your class is going to look like, so you can start planning accordingly. I think that's an advantage. Um, you know the disadvantage of it, I think, is the the shorter run up. Everything's intensified now. Uh, you've got kids who are now taking their official visits in June. And, you know, you, you have to think, do you want to bring a kid in in June for that official visit? Or do you want to wait and get that, you know, last best shot at him and bring him in in December for that official visit? And uh, a lot of times the prospect is going to dictate that. So you may have to shoot your best shot in June getting him on campus now because of the way the rules have changed. But overall, I mean, and I'm always going to side for the kid. And I think Yancey would agree with me on this. I think it's better for the kid. Uh, the kids, he knows if he's got a spot in that class, he can go ahead and get it out of the way, enjoy his holidays, not having his phone ring every five minutes uh, with it being another coach on there. I like it, Nancy. I, I don't know what you think about it, but I like it. Yeah, it's growing on me. You know, I'm a creature of habit, and it's hard to, to break habits for me. So getting used to the early sign of day. But my own only negative with it to me is from the kids' perspective is that, you know, there's so much coaching turnover after that season ends, and, and yeah. we'll continue to see it, you know, even over the next couple of weeks. I would like it if there was more – if the period that they signed came after they knew who was going to be their coaches for sure. And, and, and that's the only downside for me. You know, and there are a lot of people who are talking – and that's a great point you make right there, by the way. There are a lot of people talking about there being some kind of mechanism – in these national letter of intents where if a kid does sign early with a school and that coach or that coaching staff's no longer there, that he's got a backdoor <laughs> to get out of that thing. And, again, I'm going to always side for the kid. I don't think that's a bad idea. So uh, didn't that happen at USC when Kingsbury left? Uh, they 
somebody got a waiver from yeah. somewhere because of it. Mm-hmm. And will it open the door? I don't know, David. We were talking about the transfer portal. I, I don't know what this would be called, something portal, um, coaching changeover portal. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. the chaos that would that would uh, go from – from December signing period to the February, if you know, where do you stop it? Is it the guy, the guy that recruited them, their position coach, the coordinator, the head coach? You know, where does it end if you put that rule in place? I, I don't know. Well, the thing I think you're going to see moving forward, you're already seeing this, is is that all of these NCAA guidelines and restrictions on these players. They're starting to side towards the players, and it's all because the NCAA is essentially concerned about the amateur status of, <laughs> of the players and, and and where all of that is heading. So, if there's a rule uh, that's in question regarding a player, and I, I mean it's just like the whole Justin Fields thing with him going from Georgia to Ohio State, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I, I, I would almost guarantee you Justin Fields is going to be on the field for Ohio State next year. Um, yeah, the NCAA I would too. is they're giving the kids, you know, they're they're no longer trying to block those kind of things, but there does need to be legislation so that there are some good, sound, effective guidelines and rules in force. And what about but, the kid that went from Clemson to Missouri? Uh, the quarterback was Brian. He was he was a graduate transfer, so he oh, was he's a grad transfer okay. eligible. <laughs> but here's my problem, David. Now, I, you. You've got twofold now. You actually come from a, you know, your son is at Ole Miss, a Power Five program, so you get to see it through the players' eyes, which gives you a better perspective than most and even myself. But let's say they rescind it and said, okay, let's quit all the waiver stuff. If you want to transfer, no matter what, unless you're not in good academic standing, you're immediately eligible. All right. You have to recruit these kids to your school, correct? So then when they come to your school, you have to deprogram that All-American and everybody loves you and all this, and you have to get them back down to earth. If you had kids that could transfer wherever they wanted without sitting out a year, then you could never discipline them. Can you imagine a coach chewing them out? It's like, well, screw this. I'm going to Auburn, coach. You know, and if he's yeah, got the talent, he could do that. Then it would just be mass chaos, kids transferring everywhere. You'd never have stability within your program, and you would never be able to discipline the players. They need to be disciplined. So where is the happy medium, David? I don't know where that is, and that, that again, is an excellent point because, you know, your problem would be you'd never have a second-team left tackle or a second-team <laughs> middle linebacker yeah. because – that guy's going to be somewhere where he's going to be the first team guy. So it's already totally difficult clear. to have a second team quarterback. Quarterback, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and look, the quarterback's kind of blazed the trail on this. I mean, guy signs with the school. He sees he's not going to get on the field. He's not going to be the guy. He's gone. And and what you're seeing is that's permeating now to every position. And mm-hmm. um, and the NCAA has proven to kind of just be a, a paper thin wall on that stuff. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I expect there's going to have to be major major guidelines and legislative changes in this stuff moving forward. And again, the elephant in the room, and y'all know this, is mm-hmm. you know paying the players or not and their amateur mm-hmm. status. And the NCAA is frightened by 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 the possibility. Of, of that ever getting enough steam. And that steam has been building for a couple of years now that these players are, are, are going to challenge it, and it's going to buck the financial system. 
a very lucrative financial system that the NCAA has made for itself. Hey, guys, let's uh, let's focus now on Wednesday for a few yeah. minutes. Uh, I'm not going to ask you guys to predict anything because let me tell you something. I've done. I've covered recruiting. I've covered recruiting long enough to know that if you predict anything, it's going to blow up in your face every time, no matter what sources you have. And you guys talk to coaches, uh, players, mamas, daddies, uncles, aunts, representatives, whatever. You talk to them. And and still, you, it's hard to predict where kids are going. But let's just say, let's call it hot or cold on these kids. Uh, start with uh, the Plumley kid. What's your opinion? Hot for me, David. Hot, hot. What about uh, Mingo, the wide receiver? Hot. Medium hot. hot. For me. <laughs> medium hot. God, dog, medium hot. <laughs> All right, uh, Cox. I, I, it's becoming hot. This is where Dave and I, I, I differ. I'm going medium. Yeah. Medium. I'm not going to call that one hot right now. But you're not calling it cold either. I'm not calling it cold. I'm, I'm calling it, let's just say, lukewarm. Okay. <laughs> Jerry and Ely. I've got hot. I'm hot. I'm hot for Jerry and Ely. All right. I like that. Y'all not scared of Clemson, huh? Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You're scared of them, but uh, you think we're hot. All right. I think it's trending right now, Chuck. Yeah. Clemson took a running back over the weekend, too, that they said they weren't going to do. And I I think that's that's something you, you can't ignore. Yeah. Well, and, and let me, while we're on him, a subject of him, uh, you know, obviously I want to see us sign him, but what's the odds of him ever playing college football? Well, zero if he doesn't sign. <laughs> okay. I, I think, okay. I, I, I think better than what they were maybe even six weeks ago, Chuck. I, I think there's a I, – I, I have been in the school of thought that Ely was going to sign a professional baseball contract, and he will, but I was in the school of thought – Six weeks ago, that he was probably going to play baseball. I'm not. I'm not there anymore. I, I think there's a good possibility he plays college football. So what I, you? Th- I you talked th- to spoke with Coach Black about that, and he said that. Let me put it this way: He's still playing football, isn't he? And I said yes. And he said, "You don't think that his advisors, baseball, are telling him don't play in the UA game, Under Armour football? Yes, you know, playing at all a senior yet? Yes." And he just keeps playing. And he told me that he said, "Look." Jerry didn't realize how good he was in football, really, truly didn't know because he was playing at prep. You know, when you in, – in baseball, you're playing for these travel league teams and, and perfect games. You're playing against the best of the best. It was his first chance to play against the best of the best in football, and he realizes, hey, I might can make even more money in football than baseball now. There's a good chance I can. Maybe no might to it. And I think that gave him some extra confidence in the thought that, hey – I, I might need to continue playing football. All right, so let me ask you all this. Is there a scenario like the Murray kid at Oklahoma where he could sign a baseball contract oh, yeah. and draw money but play college AJ football? A.J. Brown did it. Absolutely. Uh, Anthony yeah. Alford did it, didn't Anthony he? Anthony Alford did it, sure. 
I mean, that's will he not- get the money that he would if he just played baseball? Sold it? No. Like they're not going to give the four million dollar like they did to um, the Oklahoma quarterback uh, Murray. Murray, excuse me, Collar. Uh, because of what Collar's going to do, now he's going to go in the, in the NFL draft. But I think, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Instead of getting maybe $4 million, he might get a million now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Jerrion is, is seeing that, hey, I've got a legitimate chance to make a, a heck of a lot more than $4 million in football. All right, so uh, Byron Young. Cold. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go – Cold to, to to medium. Okay. I think it's about 65-35 Alabama over Ole Miss. Okay. That doesn't uh, sound I, that doesn't I'm, sound too good. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> icy cold. Icy cold. Icy cold. Okay. What about uh, Henry, the linebacker, JUCO linebacker? <sighs> this one has all changed today with David and I. This news that he went and took a last second unofficial to Arkansas. On either Saturday or Sunday, we're still not sure which day that was. But um, regardless, he went over there, and that's not a good sign that he stopped by there before, uh, you know, right before signing day. Uh, I, David, I know that, you know, uh, our sources feel that it's fifty-fifty with the kid, and and that they old Mrs. one mama over and the coaching staff over there at Dodge City. And he's continuing to talk to Ole Miss. He didn't go cold on Ole Miss after that visit, and he's scanning their calls now. But, David, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> what do you think? Well, I tell you, I, when I look back at everything, and and I, I have been in really close contact with Henry throughout his recruitment, especially since he decommitted from Tennessee, and he has been a great communicator. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, we were supposed to talk yesterday, and uh, we had set that up on Thursday. Um, he called me as he was about to get on the airplane to fly from Dodge City to Austin to begin his official visit at Texas, and uh, that didn't happen yesterday. He, he went dark on me. I did have a little bit of communication with him today, basically him just telling me he was going to announce at noon on Wednesday at, at his community college. That was pretty much it. No intel there. But, but you know, when you look back on things, he took that official to Texas on Thursday through Saturday. You know, traditionally, official visits are taken on the weekend, Friday through a Sunday. Um, right. I, I think he may have knew, you know, last week that, that, that he was going to make this last uh, drive-by sure. stop, if you will, to Fayetteville. Uh, which kind of concerns me. I do believe uh, our sources are right when they say, you know, they feel like Ole Miss is in the best place with the mother. Uh, as a matter of fact, Henry has told me that himself. But at the same time, he's always said, you know, that may not be my most important factor. And I know he's close with John Chavis, the defense coordinator at Arkansas. So, uh, but he's also close with John Sumrall here at Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, I, I know right now at this hour, Ole Miss is still fighting for him. And, uh, you know, no maybe doubt. maybe something will open up. Maybe something good will happen for the Rebels on Wednesday with him. Because I think, and Chuck and I have talked about this, I think he's the most, out of all of these kids that they could sign on Wednesday, he's the kid that can help you the quickest, particularly on that defensive side of the football. Yeah. Um, I like how he plugs into Mike McIntyre's defense. He likes how he 
potentially plug in there too. So uh, that's there's going to be a lot of drama on Wednesday. There, there, there's no way out of that. Uh, a lot of surprises. Hopefully they'll be good. Well, and, you add him in with Sam Williams, and you get back uh, Jalen Jones and, and Montreal Custis, and and your defense is automatically better. And if you're able to get a well, big it, body it, guy like Cox, uh, yeah. Ladarius Cox, big six five, three hundred twenty pounder, to get that 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 yeah. that body down there at nose guard that they really don't have right now. You know, it really reshapes that defense. Yeah, and, and guys, you got guys like, you know, defensive backs like Jamar Richardson and Jonathan Haynes already on campus. That's going to help make that defense better. Yep. That's All right, true. guys. Thank you so much, David. Thanks, David, as always. Uh, good job. And uh, right. Wednesday, we're on the Wednesday countdown, so we'll see you then. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. We'll, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right. Rhino, you're jumping around tonight. A little ELO there. Okay, we will. Uh, we're going to jump straight into Jack Schultz's Ole Miss sports news because when we took uh, uh, Norsworthy earlier, we kind of threw ourselves off schedule. So let's go with Jack Schultz's Ole Miss sports news. Take it over, Rhino. It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags, anything, everything, Ole Miss. After surging ahead in the conference standings and into the national polls, the Ole Miss basketball team has hit a significant backslide now in the midst of a four-game losing streak. Ole Miss lost a heartbreaker in overtime at Florida on Wednesday night, surrendering a three-point lead with just two and a half seconds left in regulation. Then on Saturday, the Rebels led most of the first half and a significant portion of the second half before falling to rival Mississippi State at home 81-75. to Kermit Davis's team now ranks just number 39 in the net rankings at 14-7 and overall, 4-4 four and four in SEC play. Ole Miss faces essentially two must-win games. First, at home Wednesday night versus Texas A&M, who ranks just number 106 in the net rankings, and on Saturday at Georgia, number 96. A loss in either game would represent a substantial dent in their postseason resume. The women's team is struggling through the first year of a rebuild, now 8-15 overall, 2-7 in SEC play, but showing great heart. In their annual pinkout game, the Lady Rebels led Texas A&M through the first half, but continued a concerning trend of losing the third quarter badly, which cost them again in a 12-point loss to the Aggies yesterday. The Rebel baseball team is less than two weeks away from first pitch now. Mike Bianco and company received a scare on Saturday when junior shortstop Gray Kessinger sprained his ankle in a play at third base. The x-rays were negative. Ole Miss has not released a timetable for his return, as Kessinger has previously injured the same ankle during his Ole Miss career. The Diamond Rebels ranked number 10 preseason, and their leadoff man is certainly part of those expectations. That's the latest news in Oxford. Back to Chuck and Yancey. All right, thank you, Jack. Uh, Ronald, let's just go 
straight into around the SEC now because I still got to do my good, bad, and ugly before we sign off. Uh, take it away on the uh, around the SEC, please, sir. It's time for this week's report from around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. The conference basketball standings are starting to take shape toward the top of the league, but the middle of the pack is still largely undecided to begin February. Tennessee is in first place at 8-0 in conference play and ranks number one nationally for the third straight week. Kentucky and LSU are tied for second place at 7-1 each. John Calipari's crew has flown up the rankings to number five in the nation, while the Tigers rank number 21. Only those three teams represent the SEC in the polls this week. In fourth place is South Carolina at 6-2 in SEC play. The Gamecocks have been a surprise of the season, overcoming expectations as they were picked to finish second to last preseason. After that, six teams each possess a 500 record at 4-4, including Ole Miss and Mississippi State, who split their two contests, each winning on the road. Florida and Auburn play Tuesday night to give some definition to that middle part of the standings, and Kentucky hosts South Carolina. On Wednesday, Mississippi State hosts LSU with an opportunity to continue its momentum in SEC play after a slow start to conference play. Ole Miss plays Texas A&M and Georgia this week. The Aggies and Bulldogs are tied for second to last place, each with just one win in SEC play. That's all for now. I'm Jack Schultz. Talk to you next Monday night. All right. Thank you, Jack. Good job. Back to back. Um, sorry that we didn't have that earlier, but hey, don't forget now Valentine's is coming up pretty soon, and mm-hmm. Shaney's is going has got those unbelievable Dinstals chocolate covered strawberries. Woo golly! <laughs> I buy those for my wife and my daughters, and I end up eating them all. That's the reason I'm a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville, Mississippi. If you need a four-wheeler or a side-by-side or lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Browsey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. The good, well, the men's tennis team got a good shot in the arm with a 4-3 to three win over number 20 Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Nice. It was special because the Rebs had an injury in warm-ups, one of their top players, and Oklahoma State got back one of their top 10 players in the nation for that match. But Ole Miss still managed to win it against the top 20 team. It was the first-ranked opponent the rebels have beaten this season and they frankly the rebels have been been knocked down a few times this year by really good programs really highly ranked teams but still we're used to men's tennis doing a lot better than they've done maybe this will catapult them to more big wins the bad well both hoops team continue to lose in conference play the men are now four and four in sec after starting four and one and getting a top 20 ranking prior to a four-game skid. A lack of depth and lack of post-play is taking its toll on the Rebs, and the answers are getting harder and harder to come by. I'm not giving up on this team, but one thing is certain. Kermit Davis Jr. and his staff have to bring in more size for future seasons to equalize things. The Rebels right now have a seven-footer and a six-eight who are playing. The other day against the Bulldogs, Mississippi State had four six-tens and two six-elevens on their roster. All of them didn't play, obviously, but they were clearly dominant and more athletic in the paint. Recruiting is the only thing 
that will remedy that situation, and that's what Kermit said earlier in the show. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. And, Chuck, that's why they're adding a 610 and a 611 and two 69 guys and are going after another 611 guy. Yeah. Sly really hard and another 69 guy. So you could see five to six additions to next year's team yeah. that are 69 and taller. So that remedy will be solved. All right. And, hey, don't forget, Wednesday, 6 o'clock, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. The fans have been great so far for men's basketball. Let's keep it up. We'll see you next Monday night on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Good night. Howdy toddy. You sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.